Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina. That's Christine. Welcome to another big week of royal news, Christine. Yeah, this was some really, really big stories. I don't know that it was super busy, but just what we did see was like really interesting. It's so interesting and I can't wait to break it all down with you. But before we get to all that, let's see what you guys had to say about last week's show. Let's kick it off with Heather who says, wow, the exhibition sounds so interesting. I will definitely be getting tickets. So interesting to hear from the photographer's perspective. I didn't realize the work that goes into taking the pictures. Yeah, it was so much fun sitting down with uh, Sam and Zach last week to talk all about the Princess Diana exhibit and some of their favorite royal photos um so if you're in uh, chicago or los angeles definitely check it out yeah and i actually um i heard from zach and sam over the week that they're hoping that the show goes international so i'm hoping to when it does open in london i will absolutely be there yeah there's some amazing uh, amazing photographers and amazing (laughs) photographs Uh, next one goes to reg says no matter whether you hate or love harry and megan the fact is that they are both part of the royal family That is true. They are still part of the royal family. Yes, they're not working members of the royal family, but Harry will always be a member of the royal family. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. This will always be his family. He'll always be part of the narrative and, you know, involved in what they're doing. Definitely. And then Jocelyn says, the most despicable act is that Andrew has police protection. Why can't Harry and his family can't have the same? Keeping in mind, he is paying for it. What is the problem? Shame on the royal family. Now, the way this is not just, you know, the royal family's decision. You know, this is obviously the Metropolitan Police and things like that. So there's a lot of different layers to this. And he is no longer a senior member of the royal family, so he can't get all the perks. But yes, he is willing to pay for it. So there's a lot of different layers to this. I feel like we're going to be talking about for a few weeks. Yeah, definitely. I agree. There's so many layers and there's so many people involved and just so many cooks in the kitchen in this Mm -hmm. story. But yeah, I'll be interested to see how it plays out because I don't think this story is going away just yet. Definitely not. All right. Well, let's get to our royal roundup. And obviously the big story was Queen Elizabeth marked 70 years on the throne while spending some time at Sandringham. Gun salutes rang out on Monday to mark the official start of her Jubilee year. And in a statement released uh, this past Saturday, the 95 year old queen remembered the death of her father and recall the seven decades 
of extraordinary progress that her reign has spanned. She made it clear that she intended to continue as head of state, renewing the pledge that she made on her 21st birthday to devote her entire life to the service of the UK and the Commonwealth. She also acknowledged her late husband, Prince Philip, by saying, I was blessed that in Prince Philip, I had a partner willing to carry out the role of consort and unselfishly make the sacrifices that go with it. It is a role I saw my own mother perform during my father's reign. Um, like we said, she marked the occasion at Sandringham and she even cracked a joke or two. So take a look at this. I told you it had to be upside down for the press. They can see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't matter. <laughs> um, it seems like she was very well celebrated this weekend. Yeah, it seems like, you know, it was such a special occasion, but it's a bit strange because it's it's quite a mournful occasion, um, which is why I think it's better that we do celebrate in in, you know, the summer. There's all those celebrations planned. Um, So it's almost it's kind of bittersweet because, you know, she's mourning this day where her life changed, where her father, you know, passed away. Um, But it's such a momentous day in history. I mean, 70 years is just it's historic. It's incredible. So I think it was it was they did a very good job at sort of commemorating the day, celebrating it a little bit, but still paying homage to, you know, the history and to the, the things that have transpired. Right. Yeah. You you tend to forget, like the, like you said, it's also a day of mourning. She's mourning her father and, um, you know, but yeah, definitely, you know, 70 years is, is a long time. <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible. You know, she did celebrate with um, a cake and a tea party at Sandringham, which I absolutely loved. And, you know, she seemed in such good spirits. And it was really the first time in a while that we've seen the Queen almost looking and feeling like herself again since the passing of Prince Philip. Mm-hmm. So I think that overall, it was such a happy day. You know, it was even a little bit joyful in over here in England. There was a little bit of, you know, excitement in the air. I think it'll be more exciting in June when people have a bank holiday. But <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's going to be a big party um well let's get to this big news um following the queen's speech and like in her announcement when she released this statement she announced that camilla will be named queen consort she said and when in the fullness of time my son charles becomes king i know you will give him and his wife camilla the same support that you have given me and it is my sincere wish that when that time comes camilla will be known as queen consort as she continues her own loyal service surprising move it gives me chills, like it, reading that the first time and then hearing you read it. It just gives mm-hmm. chills in that, you know, she's clearly acknowledging all the everything that's transpired, all the history between, you know, Camilla and Charles and, and Diana in this case. But really, she's saying, you know, it's it, this is what is she feels is the right thing to do for the royal family, that Camilla should be Queen Camilla. She'll be the queen consort in every right way, shape and form. Um, now, originally, when Charles and Camilla were married, they sort of told the press that she might be known as princess consort when Charles became king because there was still such a strong negative sentiment towards her. But in the last, I think it's almost been 20 years since Mm -hmm. they were married. In the last nearly 20 years, Camilla has really proved her dedication to the British people. She's done an incredible job in her role as the Duchess of Cornwall. Um, And she's undertaken some really serious causes, you know, such as domestic violence, such as, um, you know, animal abuse, and, and even just literacy and reading. So I think it's a well-deserved role, but to say it's surprising from where we started with Camilla's, you know, public image, 
hugely surprising. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people were shocked. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, I, yeah, a lot of people have still have very strong opinions about Camilla, but like you said, a lot has happened over the course of the past 20 years. Um, Charles, uh, Harry and William have both spoken out how they accept her and she's been, you know, a sort of a mother figure to her, to them in, in some sort of way. So it seems like she has really uh, proven herself and, you know, nothing says that more than getting called queen consort. So <laughs> surprising move. But um, on accession day, Prince Charles released a statement responding to the news saying, we are deeply conscious of the honor presented by my mother's wish as we have sought together to serve and support her majesty and the people of our communities. My darling wife has been my own steadfast support throughout. I mean, why do you think that she, I mean, it's all speculation, but why do you think maybe she announced this on, you know, uh, during her Jubilee year, why not make this a separate statement at another point? Because this kind of overshadowed, not overshadowed, but it de definitely was the headline of the weekend. I think that's exactly why she did that to turn this into, you know, the headline for the weekend, but to make it a very clear statement that all of the British public would hear, mm -hmm. you know, if she released a statement at a different time, maybe for a lesser event, it might not have gotten as much attention or airtime, but for her to make this statement as part of such an important message to the public really showed how important it was to her. Mm -hmm. And it almost feels like she's asking the, the public to, and she does, she says, my wish is that, um, you know, when the time comes, this is what she'll be known as in, in the same support that you have given me. So she's saying, you've supported me for 70 years. I've served you as queen. She even signs this message, your servant, Elizabeth. Yeah. And she says, I've served you for this long. And this is my request that you respect Camilla, support her as you've supported me and call her your queen. Mm -hmm. So I think it was, it was so powerful. It just really gave me chills. You can tell that the queen really, um, admires Camilla's commitment to a country that for a really long time hated her. Yeah. Um, and yet Camilla still put the work in, she put the hours in, she put in the care and commitment to the people. She must really love him because a lot of people wouldn't go through what she went through. <laughs> really like her husband. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Well, following the weekend, the queen returned to Windsor um, to resume her normal duties of audiences, credentials, and privy council meetings, some virtual, some in person. But um, she has three engagements that she hopes to attend in March. So it seems like she is definitely back to business, right? Yeah, yeah. I think in general, you know, she's sort of slowly easing back in just as the rest of us are sort of post pandemic easing back into normalcy. Um, so sh on the schedule for March is um, Prince Philip's um, memorial service, which I think is going to give the public more of a chance to memorialize him. I think the expectation is that, you know, members of the public might be able to go to the outside the service, um, you know, to see the, the Royal family paying their respects again. So the queen intends to be at that service. She intends to be at the Commonwealth service at Westminster Abbey, which is an annual um, service kind of remembering and, and bringing together all of the members of the Commonwealth. That's usually a really fun um, service with, uh, you know, usually there's songs and poetry readings and things like that. It's not your traditional church service. Mm -hmm. And also there is a recent scheduled diplomatic reception for this month, which normally the diplomatic reception is held in December and it is a big glamorous tiara event. So that might hopefully if it continues, if it's as it normally is, would be a really exciting um, thing to see after 
so long without anything, you know, sparkly, no ball right. gowns, you know, <laughs> a long drought from the pandemic. Yeah. I'm ready for it. Bring it on. All right. Well, before this whole weekend, um, we had some other Royal news. Duchess Kate made a rare appearance with Prince Charles and Duchess Camilla. The trio visited the Prince's foundation in London's former Docklands, And this was the first time that they had a, um, an appearance altogether in quite some time. Yeah, I think the last time was, was it 2011? I, think? I believe so. Yeah, it was. I, mean, I, couldn't really, I saw that and, and went searching on Google and I thought, surely not. <laughs> right. But it's been so long since the three of them have been together, but they always are quite a, a powerful team. Um, they visited or they met with um, brands and companies that benefit from the Prince's Foundation or the Prince's Trust, which is a really or interesting organization that sort of supports small businesses um, exploring innovative ideas like in sustainability. Um, and they met with an interesting brand called Ellipsis that's, you using silk in a sustainable way. I loved this story because um, the the designer at Ellipsis uh, gifted Kate and Camilla two silk handbags and also sent Kate home with a pink silk scrunchie for Princess Charlotte. I love that. I loved that story. Um, the pieces are all made with offcuts from larger fashion pieces. So nothing is wasted. They really try and reuse things and everything is made to order. So I just found that brand and that interaction interesting. And um, the impact from their meeting, this brand then got tons and tons of press coverage. Mm. So that really shows why these events and these organizations, you know, the Prince's Foundation are so powerful for these, you know, these smaller brands that before you had never heard of. Yeah, I love that. I love I love the, the pink scrunchie gift. I love that. I'm sure, <laughs> Princess I'm sure, Charlotte, yeah. I'm sure she enjoyed it. Um, I think she did. Yeah, in the midst of all this, uh, Kate also showed off her sporty side during her visit to, to Twickenham Stadium training with the England national team. We know that uh, Kate loves to get down and dirty and uh, show off her sporty side. So this was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was really cool. It was announced that she is the new royal patron of the Rugby Football League. And this event was a part of kind of, you know, kicking off that patronage. Um, and she really got into um, into the sport, into practice. I don't know anything about rugby, so I don't know what they were doing. Um, <laughs> <I'm here. laughs> but she was really engaged. And I think that's what people really love about these events is that it's she's really in there playing, doing the drills, doing the practices, um, you know, throwing the ball around. I don't know what it's called, but it looks like fun. <laughs> it looked like fun. And yeah. she's going to have a busy few months ahead of her. They also announced that she is going to be headed to Denmark as well, right? Yes. So she's headed to Denmark um, as part of her uh, commitment to the early years. She's heading to Denmark to learn about how they approach um, early years and early childhood education and development. Denmark is one of the leading countries in terms of like childhood happiness and um, even mental health awareness, which we know starts in early childhood. They tend to have, you know, there's all those books about Danish children being the happiest ones on the planet. Um, so she's going, she's going to Denmark meeting with crown princess, Mary, um, who is such an incredible inspirational figurehead. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited for that. I think that's going to be a great story. Definitely. All right. Well, now it is time to break down the Royal rules and to help us do that as Royal expert and author of princess Diana, the voice of change, Stuart Pierce, who tells us how queen Elizabeth is really in training for the Jubilee and how Prince Harry's book may heal his relationship with Prince Charles. Take a look. How do you feel that she is preparing for these Jubilee celebrations? They're just four months away at this point. Uh, it's going to be a long weekend of celebrations, of concerts, of bake-offs and things like that. So how do you feel that she is preparing for this uh, monumentous celebration? 
Well, she's in training at the moment, isn't she? Because after all, it's 10 years ago that where, where the um, Diamond Jubilee took place. So she's in mm-hmm. training. And I understand that she's using the grand staircase at Sandringham House mm-hmm. and walking up and down at least three or four times a day and using it as a training ground, you know, to discover longevity of energy and how she can accommodate her breath and so forth and so forth. So she is aware of the fact that she will need to find a way of sustaining her energy Energies. And I understand post-COVID that the Trooping of the Carlos ceremony, which is her official birthday at the beginning of June, is also going to be attended for the first time in two years. So that's excellent. There's so many things to celebrate. There's a lot, a lot of things going on. And, you know, during that time as well in June, uh, Prince William is going to be celebrating his 40th birthday. Do you know if they're going to be planning a uh, big celebration for that too? Kate just turned 40 and with lockdown and everything, that was a more low key celebration. But I wonder if they're going to have a big joint party. Yeah, I understand that that's what's going to take place, that they're really waiting. And also because of the there's still subtle restrictions in the United Kingdom about um, COVID isolatory processes, you know, COVID restrictions. And so I believe that what we're doing, what they're doing rather, is that they're just simply waiting for the Jubilee month, Mm -hmm. the months of May and late May and early June to really come together and to celebrate in the the way that they will, will be doing. And I understand that Prince William is going to be creating some form of commemorative or anniversary special award that hasn't been fully defined as yet. But, you know, 40 is quite a landmark, isn't it? Or, or, um, you know, a a lodestone to achieve in life. And the fact that it's both he and Catherine's special year, it's quite interesting that he's going to be creating um, an award medal and it will always be a dedication to the Diana legacy, which is wonderful. So do you think it is too much of a risk for Harry to come? Well, at the moment, yes. But I think for all sorts of other reasons to do with COVID and to do with the nature of the changing vicissitudes within the British government at this time, you know, because we're looking at the possibility of the fact that Boris Johnson will not remain as prime minister. Mm. Anyway, that's another (laughs) subject. Um, But, you know, what will take place is what took place before, meaning that there will be um, some form of backing from uh, a friend of Harry's and Megan's to provide them with the finance Mm -hmm. to afford full security. So when they arrive for the Jubilee celebrations, everything will be perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hope so. I hope to see them there. I'm I'm sure the entire family is anxious to see um, Lilibet and Archie. I mean, he has grown so much over the past two years. We had reporting that Harry actually organized a Zoom call between the cousins. Do you think that means that, you know, things are starting to get back on the right track between Harry and William and, you know, everybody's kind of communicating again? Well, they've been communicating all the time. It's just that the little vignettes that have been received by the British press or other, other, other you know, the Australian press and so forth, mm-hmm. loves to inflate and distract what is truly going on, um, as is the nature of um, the press at this time, it would seem, not with US Weekly. You're always absolutely on the ball with your candor and your veracity. But other press mechanisms tend to, you know, this, these are times that 
that are very unsettling. They're very quaking for every nation of the world, are they not? Right. We're just coming out, possibly. Let's all pray that we're coming out of a global pandemic, which has also affected our economic status around the world. So many countries are experiencing great hardships to do with the supply chains not working sufficiently and the central organizing principles moving through some degree of quake. Mm -hmm. And so this is a difficult time. And, you know, what's happening with each member of the family is that they're constantly really processing all that's necessary to keep the family uh, fabric alive. Mm -hmm. It's just that we don't hear about the intimate calls that are taking place. But, you know, for example, William and Harry speak all the time via Zoom. There was also a report that Charles and Harry have been having video calls and working on their relationship. What have you heard about that? And um, do you think it's possible for them to mend their relationship? Well, <laughs> again, it's a tricky one because they're, they're, they've been in constant communication all the way through this process. It's just that what's being identified by certain areas of the media is that they're not, whereas actually they are in full communication. <laughs> it's just that obviously we're dealing with people who have very, very busy lives. Mm -hmm. And so they may not be speaking every single week, but you know there are Zoom calls or WhatsApp calls being exchanged all the time. So I understand that... Um, Harry is actually revealing some of the key details in confidence to his father about the pending memoir that actually will, will be published, as we know, towards the end of 2022. And so in the, those discussions, I understand that there are lots of healing aspects that are emerging. For example, the exchange of, well, why didn't we talk about it then? Well, I'm sorry that we didn't. Um, Somehow it seems that the subject was misaligned. And so let, I'm so glad we're talking about it now. Please forgive me if there was only misunderstanding. You know, the, the fundamental aspect of our relationship is that I care about you very deeply mm -hmm. and love you very, very intensely, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I understand that this is what's been taking place between them. So we're really beginning to see that the more transparency we have in all of our communications process, uh, communication processes, that we're actually beginning to see that there are changing circumstances within this family. And um, unfortunately, we only receive little snippets that yeah. seem to be very dramatic or detonating devices, which suggests that there's a huge earthquake taking place, you know, whereas actually they are, they are in communication all the time, mm -hmm. sharing the most significant things. I mean, one of the difficulties at the moment, of course, that they're all dealing with is that how do we respond to any of the media that's coming forward and asking about Prince Andrew, because obviously there's, there are a series of huge question marks over Prince Andrew's process at the moment with the judiciary. And so the line that's being taken is the best thing is to remain silent. Yeah. I, I love that the queen is climbing stairs, getting ready for the big day. I'm all here for that. I, I just, I love that. I, I hope she's really, she's well, she's in good health and good spirits come, come June. Totally. Well, in our Royal History Moment of the Week, we thought we'd actually look back at the day that Elizabeth became queen. And like we said at the top of the show, this was a day that was a sad day. I mean, she was in Kenya. She uh, was on a trip and that's when she got the call that her, her life changed. Her father died and she was going to become queen. 
I know. It's so amazing. She only left, I think it was seven days before she only left and waved goodbye to her father seven days beforehand for a tour of the Commonwealth. So she thought she was going to be gone for six months. And a week later, she's flying home as the new queen. I cannot imagine the emotional toll. You know, she was very young. Mm -hmm. Um, She definitely thought she had, you know, more time as the mother of her children and, and as just the princess to, to, you know, adjust to family life and adulthood and her role. And then one day you just wake up and get this call. I can't imagine. No, I can't imagine. Yeah. Your whole life changing in a matter of seconds. And, you know, she flew back back to London and, you know, that's when she, she began her reign. And I love this. So um, Royals now always travel with a black outfit because when the plane landed, she hadn't brought anything black with her. She had to stay on the plane and wait for an appropriate outfit to be brought to her. Mm -hmm. Then she changed on the plane and disembarked as the Queen of England. I mean, just such a powerful moment in history. It really is. It, it really, really is. All right. Well, before we wrap up, let's check in on our royal kids. And Prince Harry actually gave us an inside look at his life as a dad during Better Up's Inner Workday virtual event. He said, the self-care is the first thing that drops away. I'm happy to admit that as a husband, as a dad. I think we can all relate to that. That self-care really kind of goes out the window sometimes when you're taking care of two little ones. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. I think it's so important that, you know, he's Prince Harry has done a lot of work to um, destigmatize talking about your mental health, reaching out for help, talking about the struggles you're going through. So I think hearing him say like, I get overwhelmed as a dad and I have to take time to myself, you know, whether that's meditating or, you know, just taking time out for self-care mm-hmm. is so important. And for him to kind of um, destigmatize that as a man, as a dad, I think is is really important and really valuable. It really is. Yeah. No, because you, you're right. You don't re- usually hear dads talk about it too much because, you know, a lot of the weight kind of sometimes falls on the mom, but, you know, it is, impacts dads as well. And so it's yeah. nice to kind of take the time for yourself too. We're yeah, all in definitely. it together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> all right. Well, Christine, thank you so much for breaking down all things Royals with me as always. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was just such an emotional week. I think it really was It really was. And I'm sure it's going to keep on continuing and uh, we'd love to see your comments. Uh, so keep them coming and we will see you guys next week. Bye.